Welcome to Lakeland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. What's up, Lakeland? Uh, So glad you're with us this weekend. My name is Jeff. I'm the Next Steps pastor here at the church. Wherever you're tuning in from, we believe that God has something amazing for you during this service. Just a heads up, uh, we're set up a little different here uh, today. And what we're gonna do is just finish off good grief with a short message, and then we're gonna turn this into a conversation. We've heard so many great things from our people and from our small groups of how this subject is really connected so well with people right where they are. And so we're gonna turn that into a conversation here uh, in just a moment. Uh, we're gonna wrap up with uh, good grief. And here's the deal. Here's, here's the question that we're really running after. What have you lost in this season? What have you lost? Uh, maybe some of you would say, I've, I've lost income or I've lost my free time. Anyone else lost your free time out there? Uh, maybe if you're like my kids, you've lost the ability to go places. Like that just drives them crazy. Uh, for some of you, you've lost uh, all kinds of things, including I know some of you have lost significant moments, that graduation moment or that wedding or that trip or uh, that new grandbaby being born. You've lost some of that. And even some of you, if this season wasn't hard enough, you've lost loved ones. And this is what we know. With grief and with loss uh, just comes this idea and this invitation of what are we going to do with that? And that's what we're talking about. With loss comes grief every time. And so how are you journeying through it? As we've been uh, kind of using this series and just trying to find a roadmap, I, I've heard someone describe grief like this. It's like going on a road trip before GPS. Do you remember that? Do any of you remember that? Uh, going on a road trip, I was the kid who was sitting between mom and dad, and I'd have this big old map right in the middle, and I would just follow my finger around, around the roads, and here's the next city, and dad, do you know we're coming up to the next turn? But before GPS, this is how grief comes in as a detour. You like have this plan and I'm going this route and we're going this direction. And then you see these orange signs, detour, must exit now. And so you take that detour and you take a right and then a left and then another right. And this is how grief sounds as well. Where am I? And am I headed in the right direction? Where am I? And am I headed in the right direction? Grief is so disorienting. And so we've been so thankful in recent decades that people have kind of broken this process down a little bit, and we're pressing into the five different stages of grief. And so just as a review as to what those are, five different stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. What do these sound like? Denial is I'm ignoring what I'm going through. Anger is I'm frustrated by what I'm going through. Bargaining, is there any way out of the thing I'm going through? Depression, I'm sad about what I'm going through. And acceptance, I have mourned and I have accepted and I'm moving on with uh, the loss uh, that I have experienced. And so uh, we're turning our attention toward acceptance today. And we're really trying to run after two different questions. Where is God at in this? And what am I supposed to do about it? Where's God in this stage of grief? And what am I uh, supposed to do about it? So as we turn our attention toward acceptance, here's just a definition uh, that I want to launch off of. Acceptance is the ability to face our loss calmly and to accept the reality of life on new terms, on new terms. Uh, Life has changed, right? Because of grief, life has changed, but we're stepping into enjoying life again. Uh, We're open to the idea of helping others and being helped uh, to accomplish important things in our life. 
And it's important about this stage. We've talked about the reality that we kind of zoom around all the different stages. But with this stage, you only arrive if you've gone through the others. That's a little different about this stage of grief. You have to go through the others in order to get uh, to this level of acceptance. But I think there's so much confusion sometimes around acceptance, and it's important to really point some of those out. Acceptance is not life going back to normal. I think sometimes when grief comes our way, it's like, how can I get back to normal and how can I get there as fast as possible? Acceptance is not just, uh, everything's fine. How are you? Uh, Everything's fine. Uh, That's not acceptance. But acceptance is this new terms of life and then I'm gonna step into uh, that reality. With every stage, we've been trying to give you, where's this at in the Bible? Or is there a a character that's written about this? And and what might that look like? And we've been pressing into David so much just because he was all over the place with life experiences. I mean, he had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and he wrote about it and he expressed it. And I think that's so important. And in Psalms, uh, I love Psalms because I think Psalms speak for us. So many times when we don't have the words, uh, Psalms speak for us. And I'm going to turn our attention to Psalm chapter 30. And this is in the New Living Translation. I love this. As we go through Psalm 30, would you pay attention to grief? You're going to find it. Would you also pay attention to acceptance? Because you're going to find that as well. Here we go. Psalm 30 says this. Uh, David writes, I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried out to you for help, and you restored my health. He's talking about sickness. Sickness brings grief sometimes, and uh, he restored me to health. Next verse is, you brought me up from the grave, oh, Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit. Does grief feel like that sometimes? It does. The pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only for a moment, I love this, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping might last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. What a cool picture that is. When I was prosperous, some of you might, as we've been going through the grief series, you might, I I, I don't know if this really connects with me. I don't really know if this is a season that I'm in right now. Does life sound like this a little bit? When I was prosperous, when things were going good, I said, nothing can stop me now. There's this like, I'm invincible almost. David felt that too. Your favor, O Lord, uh, made me as secure as a mountain. And then you turned away from me. Grief feels like that sometimes. And I was shattered, that brokenness feeling of life sometimes. I cried out to you, O Lord, and I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, uh, what will I gain if I die, if I sink into the grave? Uh, can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Next verses. Hear me, Lord, I have received... Uh, and have received on me. Help me, O Lord, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've turned my clothes of mourning, uh, and I am now clothed with joy, that I might sing praises to you and might not be silent. O Lord, my God, I give uh, you thanks forever. Did you see in there? Did you see grief in there? I hope you also saw acceptance, Uh, because grief sometimes sounds like this. We use words like attacked, David felt that way. Shattered, falling, begging, mourning. Those were all the stages of grief, just going around and around all the time. But he also shared this, uh, these words, restored, favor, joy, dancing, and secure. And I don't know what you call that, but I'll call that acceptance. 
uh, of all the things that were coming at him, he was able to get uh, to that place of acceptance. And here's really what I wanna challenge you with. Do you know that you have a choice in grief? Do you know that you have a choice in grief? Many of us, when it comes to grief and when it comes to the life experiences that, that come our way sometimes, uh, we don't have a choice in that. They just slam up against us on any given day. We didn't give it permission to do it. It just happened. We didn't have a choice in that. But we always have a choice in what happens next. Uh, loss might bring identity uh, changes or relationship changes, changes to your surrounding circumstances, income, even your day-to-day abilities, both positive, negative, maybe even both. Um, and this is, uh, this is where we have a choice, is that you right there, you can either choose to hurt or you can choose to heal. You can choose to get better or you can choose uh, to get bitter. That's where we have the choice. And this is where acceptance begins. I'm going to heal and I am gonna move forward uh, with God. And so our biblical step when it comes to acceptance, how do I put myself in that position? The biblical step is this, moving forward with God. Moving forward with God. It's not just moving forward on its own, but God has a plan and God is gonna move me forward. And many people ask this about grief. Like, when have I gotten to that stage where I have accepted what's happened in my life? Like, what does that look like? What does it sound like? And so I just wanted to put a few phrases together that if you're saying this, I just wanna encourage you that you're on your way. Uh, You're moving forward with God. If you're able to say, I no longer fight the fact that loss has occurred, you're on your way. You're moving forward with God. Maybe you can say this, I can remember what was lost without being completely overwhelmed. Earlier stages of grief grief might, might have brought about this overwhelmed part of your life or this, these overwhelmed emotions. But when you start journeying towards acceptance, uh, they no longer become completely overwhelming. Maybe you can say this, I have joy in my life without feeling guilty. If you are saying that, you are on your way. You are getting a taste of what it looks like to move forward with God. Maybe you can see hope and purpose in your life in spite of, or maybe because of your grief, because of the experience uh, that you've had, your loss. Some of you might say, I'm ready for life to move forward and I've accepted that it will look different. If you can say that, you are on your way uh, to acceptance and moving uh, forward with God. Right before uh, quarantine, uh, Josh and I actually had an opportunity uh, on a trip uh, that we went on, and we were coming back with some Lakelanders, an international trip, and uh, I had this plan that I was going to read a bunch of books. That's what I do on a plane, I guess, Uh, but I ditched that all together, and I said, ah, next best thing, I'm going to watch some movies, Uh, so that's what I did, Uh, and I just kind of went into the library, and what can I watch, and it was toward kind of the end of our trip where I kind of decided, uh, yeah, this is a movie I wanna watch. And I timed it just right. Like I knew that we we still had time on the plane for me to finish this movie. What I didn't take into account were all of the announcements that happen at the end of a flight. Uh, Like when the announcements come on, the video stops, your movie, your audio, and every time the captain would come on and give us an update, uh, just let everybody know that uh, the flight will be, I'm like, I know the flight, I can see how much time I have left and you're interrupting the end of my movie. And every time the captain would come on, the whole plane, oh man, we're trying to get to the end here. And we were just stressing out, didn't know if we'd make it to the very end. And I just want to encourage you with this. There's so many things in life like that. 
It's the cell phone that dies when you're putting a text in. It's a, a game you're playing where the Wi-Fi goes out. It's the home project that you're working on that you're like, oh man, when is that ever gonna get finished? And here's my fear with grief is that we'll go through the process, go through the process and we'll never finish. We'll never finish. But with God, his dream is always, I wanna take you the whole journey, not just most of the way so that you can be done and, and be stuck in, a, in another uh, stage of grief. I wanna take you all the way to acceptance. I wanna move forward with you. I wanna give you purpose in all of that uh, as you grieve. And so you are not this unfinished product. Uh, he's a product that he wants to take you to the finish line and to show you how amazing it can be when all the pieces are put together. Here's something I uh, wanna leave you with. I think it's so great. Following Jesus, following Jesus doesn't prevent life from crashing around you. Following Jesus gives you everything you need when it does. It gives you everything you need uh, when it does. And so as you're pressing in, disciples of Jesus, we don't brace for impact. We don't hide from storms or even hide from grief. Uh, we enter into it and we find Jesus in the midst of it because he's working on you and he's using even unfortunate circumstances to do amazing things in your life. And as we just talk about acceptance, some of you might be on the other side and just saying, man, that's not me. I am nowhere near acceptance. Well, we wanna help. Something that we're actually launching this week uh, are grief share small groups. This is an opportunity for you just to step into groups and to process what has been going on in my life and how can I, here it is, move forward with God. If you wanna take your next step uh, in grief share, we would love to have you. Just text the word grief share, one word, grief share to 84576, grief share to 84576. Uh, Take a step forward. God's doing something in this season and we want you to get uh, the very most out of it. Isaiah 43 says this, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. That's God's heart. He wasn't telling Isaiah that it had been easy or his people that it had been an easy road. He was just stepping in this moment saying, I'm doing a new thing. And he's gonna make a way and he's gonna build streams and it's gonna be great. And I think it's this invitation of, are you gonna be a part of it? Are you gonna be a part of it? Let's turn this into a conversation uh, about grief, just different questions that we wanna tackle together and hear from our different pastors on that. So I'll turn it over to Josh. All right. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for sharing. I just really appreciate that. Uh, just setting us up to think about how we move forward. Uh, and acceptance is this journeying with God. And I've come to this place of going, I, I've come to completion, but with him. Um, we're going to turn this into a conversation, though, because over the past handful of weeks since we've been talking about grief, we've had so many people saying, man, this has been so helpful. I'm actually talking about this now with people, and that that's huge. And so um, a lot of questions have kind of risen to the surface. And so we, as kind of a little panel up here, are going to share some top I, I, we, we came up with what we think are some of the top questions that we're hearing and just a, a few thoughts to share with you today. But I know here's the very first question. I know a lot of people are just wondering, Jeff, did you finish the movie? No. I think I did. I think I got to the very end. That's a good question. You, you made it to the I end? I did. I did. I pleaded. I bargained. I did the whole thing. Uh, but I got to the very end. I accepted the fact that the video could be 
could be done. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to set, set uh, all of you up just to understand that um, this group here, we've all gone through levels of grief. And so uh, the first question, I'm going to just kind of tag person to person, and I'll say, hey, you share next. Um, but what was your story, your personal experience in grief? So, Lise, we'll start with you. Yeah, so my story is that 20 years ago, my mom was killed in a car accident, and I remember vividly within an hour of the sheriff leaving our house, sitting down on the edge of my parents' bed and saying out loud, I don't know how to do this. Like meaning, I don't know how to grieve. I don't know how to lose somebody so important and life just continues to function. I don't know how to do this. I was raised in a Christian home, went to church every week. I went to Bible school, but nobody ever taught me how to grieve. And I was, I felt very lost and abandoned and did not know how to move forward. I wasn't prepared also for just the sadness and sorrow that would come every year after in silly things like I don't know how to make gravy and I can't call my mom and ask her how to do that. So that's kind of my story. Uh, Jason. Yeah, so for me, um, it all goes back to when I was 18 and my dad actually passed away uh, from cancer and all, all the grief stages follow that, or at least I thought. So I went to this moment and just kind of got busy and got things done and tried to help my family. Uh, but it wasn't until maybe three, four, five months later, I was actually on a mission trip uh, in the middle of Costa Rica, building a church. Uh, and while working on that, I just, I put in a good day's work, probably better than I had for most of the week. And I overheard uh, one of the one of the locals say, you know, to another man that was on the trip, like, your son is doing such a good job. Of course, that wasn't my dad. So that man, uh, who's actually now my father-in-law, said, oh, that's, that's not my son, but I mean, thanks. And that night, I think was actually the first time I came to terms with the grief of what I had lost. I basically sat on that flat mattress in Costa Rica crying probably very loudly until about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, just dealing with the fact that nobody was ever going to be able to say to my dad again or say to me again that they were proud of me as a son. So that was kind of when I interacted with grief on a real level after skipping everything in the initial stages. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, share a little bit for you. Yeah, so uh, some of you might know we have uh, four kiddos, uh, but we also had two other pregnancies that we lost. Uh, we lost babies. And uh, I remember both of those, uh, they were surprises. You know, it's one of those like, uh, how, how does this happen that we get pregnant? Uh, but here we go. We were pregnant. And I remember just getting to the point where I was like, okay, all right, this is life going forward. And then we lost uh, those two babies. And I remember that feeling. I remember looking at empty cribs and just crying with my wife about uh, what that season was, what it felt like, and how in the world were we going to move forward. And for me, I didn't, um, I, I didn't have loss like some of you guys have experienced, but I Probably 15 years ago, I experienced what I would describe as my first bout of depression. And it was really weird for me because I feel like I'm a pretty upbeat person. And so all of a sudden, being depressed was strange to me, and I didn't know what to do with it. And, um, and I've had, I, I would say, a couple times now in my life when I could say, okay, I'm, I know I'm heading back into that place. And so have learned some real things, though, uh, around how to even deal with depression. So here's kind of follow up. A next question is what was the most helpful thing to you uh, during your time of depression or grief? And I'll just start this one off by saying for me, um, I remember that first time that I finally articulated, wow, I think I'm depressed. And I didn't know even how, how to 
how to deal with that. Um, but it was simply people saying, giving me grace to be there, to be in this funk, to be, to not be okay, and not being okay was okay. That was actually really huge for me, um, and that was exactly what I needed because I felt shame in it. Actually, I felt like. I'm broken. I'm not supposed to be broken. Like I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to be depressed. I'm not supposed to be sad. And so just people saying it's okay. I was like, oh, just kind of like, you know, wipe the sweat off your brow and be like, okay, well, I'll just not be okay for this season of time until I'm okay again. And that was really, that was huge for, for me. Jason, how about you? Yeah. So in my story, because I had put off the actual grief process for so long, the things that actually helped me uh, weren't in that initial wave of, of people or even words. But it was actually people that later on, after I finally came to terms with what I was wrestling with, that were just radically available. They were available to do everything or nothing. There were sometimes I'd get them on the phone and we'd go over and we would talk about nothing and just watch TV, play video games, whatever it was, but just so I could get out of my own head for a second. And there were other times I'd call them and we'd end up sitting in a parking lot until 2 a.m. actually talking and crying with each other. So I think the biggest hallmark of people that helped me in that initial phase were people that were radically available to do anything or nothing, depending on what I needed at that time. Yeah. Jeff, how about you? Yeah, so I kind of had to throw out the idea initially that time heals all wounds. Maybe you've heard that, uh, but I think that's thrown around a lot. And uh, maybe you know, I know we know and have seen in ministry that sometimes time isn't on your side in grief, but here's who is. God is on your side. It's not time that heals, but it's God that heals. And so I kind of had to throw out that idea all together and start fresh with God. And how it started with me was just inviting a mentor into my life. I didn't need a huge crowd of people uh, to run with. I just needed like one trusted mentor uh, that I could go to and just say, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm feeling. That's good. Lise, how about you? Yeah, for me, I feel like it's in my times of grief where God is the closest. You know, Psalm 34, 18 says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And it's been true in my case every single time that I feel I can come to him with my questions and he's there and he's answering. He's very present. And it's being known and seen by the Lord that I am most helped during that time. That's good. All right, another question. What was not helpful at all? And we'll throw it right back to you, Lise. What was not helpful? Yeah, so within hours of my mom dying, people just flooded our home. And one woman said to me, she said, Lisa, you know that your mom would never come back here to earth for you. And it was like, it's one of those things where I know logically, yes, that heaven is better. To die is gain. But it hurt in the moment. And I think people try so hard and they don't know what to say. But sometimes what they say can actually hurt and sting, especially, I mean, I was 21. I was still not a child, but it just stung in a way. And I just couldn't even receive it at that point. Yeah. It's those kind of quick, quick little statements that they think will be. Nice. Oh, Lord. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Yeah, so I think plowing through was not on my side. So like you experience grief and it's just like, okay, how can I just get back to whatever? I can just get focused on something, move forward. Um, it's important to move forward with God, but just to do it on your own and in your own grit and all that kind of stuff. I, I think I had a mentality, especially with our first miscarriage, of just like, let's just get back to, I, I got to get back to work. I got to get, get back to these other things without really tending to the most important thing. Yeah, that is good. All right, another question. What have you learned about helping people deal with grief? Jason, we'll throw this one over to you. Yeah, I think it's it's easy and it's noble 
to help during those first moments of someone's loss or someone's grief, uh, first responders of the heart of sorts, to run in there and to be whatever you can to those person, those people over the first couple days, weeks, maybe even months. But I think what's incredibly helpful and what people miss is the seasons afterwards. So setting reminders on phones to reach back out uh, two months later, three months later, maybe on the anniversary of a loss, or maybe just being specific with offers. I think that's another thing I, I actually learned later on in life was this idea of offering something up rather than just what can I do, being specific. Can I bring you dinner? Can I show up to do nothing? Can I, whatever it is, being specific instead of putting the pressure on them to come up with something, instead being the actual help that you really want to be by pressing into the awkward space of actually offering something for real. Yeah, that's really good. Um, for me, I've I've helped a lot of people through, you know, seasons of grief and especially sudden grief when it comes to loss. Um, specifically, I think about death. Um, I've been there many times now to help people with that starting process. And so for me, one of the things that I found is most helpful and most important is that like when it's a funeral and someone dies, most people have no clue how to maneuver that moment. Like they have no idea what their next step is. And I'm lucky enough that I've walked with enough people through that moment of life that actually I know what the next step is. And so one of the things I think can be most helpful is just help people show them and uh, show them what the next step is, especially when it comes to practical things in life that they need to get done. So, you know, in that type of a setting, it's like, okay, here's your first phone call you need to make. It's to the funeral home, you know, and then I'm going to go with you to this location. We're going to have a conversation and here's what this is going to look like. And you just kind of start uh, setting it all out in a nice orderly fashion for them. And so if people are, are in this place of, of, um, you know, they're, they're initially in shock. One of the biggest things that you can do as a friend is go on over and bring a meal. Like you were talking about, or help them, you know, set up the meal, set up a meal train, do that type of a thing. Cause honestly, they can't figure out which way is up in that moment. And so, uh, helping people, um, take the next practical step and uh, helping them make that step is huge when people are, are grieving initially. So I find that that's a, a really important step. Um, here's a question that we thought is worth answering. What's the right way to get help and with whom? Who do I ask for for help? Like, do I just go to, onto social media and be like, I'm hurting. <laughs> and, and just like whoever responds first, they're my new mentor. Like, or is there another way to do this? So Jeff, answer this one for us. Rest assured, there is a better way. Uh, so uh, here's the deal. Uh, here's what I found both personally and in ministry is to find a same gender, most mature believer uh, in your circle. Uh, just seek them out, invite them in. I think it's so key. And I believe so much in the family of God and the power of the family of God that it's probably not your pastor. It's probably not your spouse. It's probably not one of your parents. Uh, they can certainly influence. They can come alongside and they can cheer you on. But find that most mature believer in the family of God, same gender. And I just think there's power in that and, and would, would encourage you in that. Yeah, it's good. All right, another one. Um, how long, this is one that you even mentioned it in your message here. How long should I grieve? Like, uh, and why, or why am I still struggling in grief? That type of thing. So Jeff, start with that one. Yeah, so I think the temptation with grief is that we see these landmarks along the way. It's the it's the one year anniversary, or it's the you know whatever, or the important date that comes along. And I think we start making these deals of I'll be done with it by then, 
or that, that's really maybe a realistic or appropriate timeline. And grief just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work on a timeline. And so um, I, I really want to invite everyone, do the work of grief. Step into the work of grief and say, you know what? This is gonna take some time, but I'm gonna do all the heart things that I need to do, and I'm gonna receive community and love from others uh, to really take that forward. And so release yourself from this timeline that you have in your mind, or maybe what someone else put on you. Uh, Release that and say, I'm moving forward with God, and when he's ready, I'm ready, and we're gonna move forward. Yeah. Lise, how about you? Let me just add to that. I, I think you have to think of it as a journey. Like you're going on a long walk with God. It's not a destination. You're not going to cross the finish line as soon as you think. But just think of it as a journey. Man, I'm going to get to know the Lord better through this. I'm going to get to know me better through this and just journey with him. That's good. Um, We came up with this question because we've, and, and you probably know someone who it seems like they're just always angry or always grieving something. And so what do you say to the person who's always in grief, or they're always struggling with anger, and they're angry, and they're grieving something. Uh, Jeff, you, you had some thoughts around this. Yeah, so everyone right there, uh, wherever you're at, uh, just repeat this with me. Grief is not my identity. Grief is is not not my my identity. identity. I think that's so key. Uh, God didn't call you into this grief identity. He calls you child, and he calls you uh, uh, this this priest and this warrior and this to be out there uh, for his mission and on his mission. And so God didn't give you that identity or that label. And so in prayer and with others, to rip that identity off and say, I'm replacing it with something totally new. I'm replacing it with something that God calls me, and he calls me by name that grief is not my identity yeah jason you want to add some things here well yeah you want to talk about that new badge that new identity it's actually given to us already in romans 8 it says we are more than conquerors not through our power not through what we can do not even through a process but we are more than conquerors through the power that christ jesus gives us so if you're looking for a new identity if you're trying to overcome a season of grief a moment of grief or just a disposition towards grief here's your new identity you are already more than a conqueror through the power that Christ gives you. Yeah, that's, that's so good. I'm going to throw it right back to you here because you're already speaking into this, this final question here, which is what's the vision of life after grief? Like what, what are we going towards? So J- Jason, continue into that. Yeah, I think this is probably the question that threw us all for the loop longest on our preparation for this. But I think it really comes down to this, whether it's said or not, what people in the middle of grief are really waiting for is to feel whole again. They're waiting to feel like things once were. They're waiting to feel like they're not missing a piece of themselves. But the challenge is, and I don't want you to live in a lie, is that if you're grieving a loss or a struggle, your old whole, your old normal is gone. But that doesn't mean there's not something out there that's even better waiting, or at least you need to look forward to. So don't look for the old whole. Instead, begin to change for what God has in front of you. Don't live for the past. Look toward what he's moving you towards. Good. Lise? Yeah, so for me, I just, I hope on the other side, I come out looking more like Christ. Like that I know God in a new way and that I look more like Christ today than I did 20 years ago. That the Lord took me on this journey. Um, yeah, just to look more like him. Um, I kind of, I had a hold, I had needed something to hold on to while I was grieving my mom's death. And I realized that mom's death was horrible for me and that the enemy would love to get all the glory. He would love for me to fall, my family to fall. So it kind of became my mantra that, man, through this grief and through this period, I don't want to give the devil any glory. 
So I'm going to do whatever it takes so that he gets nothing. I'm going to rob back from him what he was robbing from me, so to speak. Yeah. And for me, when I think about the vision, I think um, so much grief is a trial of, of a format or a format of a trial. And I think about James chapter one that says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. I know none of us, when we're going through grief, we're like, this is fun. Yay. Um, and, and it's not. It's not fun in the moment. But there is something that to be joyous about, which is on the other side of it, because that verse in James goes on to say, because these trials actually produce maturity and um, make you more complete, lacking nothing. And so part of the vision that I know God has for you as you go through grief is that you're actually going to be a more mature person if you walk through this with God. If you walk through it with Jesus, um, you're going to be more mature. And I think all of us, if I were to say, are you wanting to be more mature in life? You'd say, of course, I want to be more mature in life. Okay, so then this journey that you're going through right now in grief is actually a part of that journey of becoming more mature in Christ. And so, um, you know, keep that as well kind of in the forefront as you're on this journey. Jeff, you got some final words for us here? Yeah, so this invitation really is in front of all of us. It's this invitation to a new normal. It's this new normal that Christ is inviting you into and to go deeper with him as you go. And so it's not easy and it's not clean all the time. It's a messy journey, uh, but Jesus invites us into that new normal. And I know we love stories around Lakeland and here are actually some of my favorites. When people go through loss and they say, I wouldn't have given that up for anything. I would go through it again because of what it developed in me uh, during that season. And when people say that and you hear that, you're like, oh my goodness. But that is a picture and a vision of the future. But I think each and every one of those people had to say, I'm moving. I'm going forward. Here comes the new day. Jesus is offering it to me and I'm ready to go. And so we really want to communicate this urgency of not waiting, but taking everything that uh, Christ has for you in the days ahead. It's really sweet. Hey, Jeff, can you just close us out here and pray for everyone right now who's watching um, just that they would take that next step in their journey with Jesus? Jesus, I just thank you so much for uh, everyone that's joining us right now. And God, you know every story, you know every family, you know every home, you know every situation, you know every worry. You can count them all. And not only can you count them, you can do something amazing with them. And so, Jesus, we just surrender to you. We just open up our hands and our lives to you for you to do something amazing that we could look back and say, look at God and what he did. Uh, We want to make you famous even in the midst of our most messy, uh, uh, grieving times, our times of loss. You can do something amazing with it. And just right now, all together as one big church family, we just say, we trust you. We trust you. Lead the way. We'll be right there behind you, Jesus. So thanks for believing in us. Thanks for reaching down into those pits and having a vision for our future. We want everything you have to give us. And so we want to step into it, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to this mission by visiting lakeland.church slash give.